superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Here's what I would like to do. For all you Cowboys fans out there. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And the way that they lost last year is a chip on shoulder that they're going to cash in. Now that I'm done, I don't think that's going to happen. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith. From FX's Little Demon. Actors Danny and Lucy DeVito. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on a very busy Friday in Los Angeles, California. We say hello to everybody out there on the terrestrial radio network that listens to us every single day on this station that is smart enough and, yes, kind enough to have us in your ear gate every single day. Thanks to our friends at the Cumulus uh, radio network and the cumulus podcast network is also the spot where you can get this show every single day and download it as uh, as you wish every single day on demand and we greatly appreciate anybody who hits that subscribe button on the rss feed and for those of us who are wondering when you can see us on something other than our youtube stream youtube.com slash rich eyes and show once again we are coming to the roku channel so- starting in september and we're so very excited to be moving to that new home you can watch Watch the Roku channel on any Roku device, Fire TV, or select Samsung TVs. You can also watch on the RokuChannel.com or download the Roku mobile app. The best part about it all is that it is free, and we could not be more excited about that. Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. Are you lighting the candle? We're coming to you first here today on this program. I mean, the candle's lit. It's Friday. I'm sporting the NWO Wolfpack today. It's going to be a beautiful day. Fantastic. Rich. Very good. Uh, good to see you, Jay Felly. How are you today, hey, sir? I'm good. Good job getting your mic on there, TJ. Oh, wow. Oh, wait a minute. See, <laughs> you see, Rich, this is why I tell. That's why I got to come at him sometimes. Okay, you very know? good. There's no need for that. Uh, like no, no, it's all good. It's all good in this hood. <laughs> we're, we're greatly appreciative of that. Uh, Chris Brockman just hit the start on our YouTube stream, so he's about to join us in his chair uh, in just a few seconds yeah, right here him. on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, there he is. oh, that's it right here. there. Is that a lot of buttons over yeah. there? Very good. Rich, we're, we're like the Bloods and the Crips today. Red and blue. We're uni- unity. Is I, what we're I, am, about. Uh, I, was, I was unaware of that. I appreciate you doing yeah. all that. So, uh, <laughs> okay, very good. So, good to see you go over there, Chris Brock. What hey. you been up to there Hey, what's today? up? Oh, you know, just saving the world. Like, very good. So, our YouTube stream, people can see us right now? Is that what's we, happening? We should be up on... Oh, wait, hold on. We should be up on YouTube... Uh, I want to double check that actually. Okay, very good. We're just checking out all of that. Good to see. Yes. You. Very good. Yeah. Oh, we're up. Hey, what's up, hey. everybody? Four, five, seven. Shout good out. to see you all. And we appreciate you uh, all being patient with us here on this program today. 844 204 Rich is the number to dial. We already got people on hold. We always appreciate that. Uh, we've got a, a triple, well, I guess we've got uh, three guest segments, four guests. In uh, in uh, in the first hour, coming up in about 17 minutes' time, is our friend from Pro Football Talk, um, Mike Florio, will be joining us on this program, uh, Pro Football Talk Live. 
starts the day at uh, at the uh, NBC Sports on Peacock Network. Uh, Michael Smith, who's also on brother from another on Peacock, but also made his debut on Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime Video uh, last night. And he'll be joining us at 20 minutes after the hour in our second hour of the program. And 20 minutes after the hour in our final hour is Danny and Lucy DeVito, the father and daughter combo that is not only part of the executive producing crew, uh, but also the voices of the new animated show on FX, Little Demon. And uh, Danny DeVito was live tweeting that last night uh, on his Twitter account without any other uh, indication that he was live tweeting his show. <laughs> People were losing their mind. And the last stuff night. that he was tweeting last night without knowing he was talking about playing Satan <laughs> in this new uh, animated show that he and his daughter are not only helping voice but executive produce. Um, people thought Danny kind of lost his mind because yeah. he also wasn't threading it. And uh, that's one way to trend on Twitter. <laughs> So Danny will be in studio along with his daughter in hour number three. I read one tweet and I was like, I had to read it three times. I'm like, oh, wait a second. It's Little Demon. Oh, it's Little Demon. And we'll be talking about it with Danny tomorrow. (laughs) So Danny's going to be joining us along with Lucy DeVito, father-daughter combination, uh, coming up in hour number three. So the the kickoff uh, of the NFL season, Thursday night, September 8th. Boy, did that get a a whole new uh, look-see to it. Just in the last 24 hours. Uh, Let's start here with the defending Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams, who win the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald says, put a ring on my finger, and he's one of the main reasons why there's a ring on everybody's finger. Well, you can't even call it a ring. As we all know, it's as large as the moon itself, and it actually opens up, and you can actually stay in there. There's a two-bedroom apartment that's (laughs) inside that ring. Four grand a month. (laughs) Air conditioning. uh, There's everything in there. So, um, and uh, he, yesterday, uh, in practice with the Bengals, how about that, by the way, Right. Uh, winds up with not one but two Bengals helmets in his hand in a scrum and starts swinging it like he's Miles Garrett looking for Mason Rudolph. Come on. And no, I mean, but that is what everybody's pointing out today. Cleveland Browns fans are clapping back at a lot of people today. Because if Miles Garrett got six games for doing that to Miles Rudolph, what? How many games is Aaron Donald going to get now that he's in the middle of a scrum swinging at people with helmets? Talk about dangerous! You know the answer to that, though, right? The answer is going to be zero because the NFL does not have apparently any purview in terms of disciplining players for activities that happen during practice. Those are team related and team i guess uh that's the bailiwick of the team to handle any practice related suspensions and the reason for that is is the league's not going to step in in the middle of a practice set to for a team the problem is though is now in this day and age where there's one fewer preseason games last night a couple of uh uh, games that we saw last night, one on Amazon Prime between the Niners and the and the Texans, and then another one between the Chiefs and the Packers. Those teams are done with preseason. August 25th, done. Preseason over. With one fewer preseason game, there are more and more intra-squad practices going on, and those teams practice with each other all week and then play each other. That's one way to tell the coaches, we're going to have one fewer preseason game, but you're going to still get a nice amount of work in with your guys, and there's going to be enough de facto live action for you to give as close to game situations as possible 
on practice field so you don't have to suit up in a preseason game and put players' health, potentially, and injury-prone moments on the line. Problem is, though, is when you put two teams together, that's kind of like if it's not a game, it is enough to maybe rise to the level of the league having purview over anything that happens between two teams. One team, the league can be told, butt out. Two teams, the league might have to step in. Certainly if you're going to put two teams together on the field that may have an issue with one another, like say one team beat the other in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Gee whiz, you're going to have two teams that are in the Super Bowl together, practice together just a few months later. What could happen? What could go wrong? Oh, that old game, the Super Bowl. That uh, whole thing that changes lives and legacies and bank accounts. That guy. Uh... <laughs> and even with two coaches who know each other and love each other, in McVeigh and Zach Taylor, when it's ninety degrees out in Thousand Oaks, right? What's going to happen when it's ninety degrees out? Tempers flare, and then all of a sudden helmets come off. Apparently, Lyle Collins had a helmet, a Rams helmet in his hand, or a helmet in his hand before this happened. Apparently, he, he kicked it off. It's always the second guy, though. <laughs> well, the second guy happens to be the best defensive player in the league, with all due respect to everybody else. And a first ballot Hall of Famer who's going to, who's going to get that jacket one day. Uh, but but uh, the... Doesn't excuse what he did. Nope. I don't know what, what, what happened yesterday. This was Sean McVay afterwards. I would say this. I, I don't know what I was. I just see guys swinging, and some guys have helmets on, some don't. There's a scrum. You just never know what can occur. And my biggest concern is is just unnecessary injuries, uh, you know, for people that we're counting on, whether it's for our team or the other team. But that's that's to me where, you know, I care about these guys. And, um, you know, especially when you start throwing punches with gear on, you know, I've been enough of a meathead in my past that I've done some stupid stuff too. So, um, I know how volatile and how fragile it is where you hit it the wrong way and then you break your hand and, you know, it could affect a guy's chance to, uh, you know, be okay or, God forbid, somebody gets hit in the head with the helmet off. And so that was really just, I, I don't know what emotions I was feeling right there. I just was glad when everything got broken up and my understanding was uh, everybody's okay. And I thank goodness for that. And that's a very uh, level-headed response, to say the least, right there from Sean McVay. He's not going to suspend Aaron Donald. The Rams aren't going to suspend Aaron Donald. Why would they suspend Aaron Donald? It's not going to happen. Because it's the right no. thing to do. That is the right thing to do. But you're taking on the Bills and Josh Allen in 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 13 days. You're going to suspend Aaron Donald? It's just one game. Uh-huh. <laughs> he should be suspended. We can all agree with that, right? It's, well, then Lyle Collins should be suspended too. Great. And, right. And, and then we should just move on with our lives. Absolutely. And Browns fans are going to be hearing me kind of say that the Rams aren't going to do anything about it. The problem is, is Miles Garrett did it on a football field in front of the whole country watching, and the NFL has purview over that, and apparently the NFL is not can't do anything about this. They, just, they, they now should be able to. They should be able to step in here. Absolutely. They should be able to step in here, and if there's a rule against it, change it, to be honest. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's reckless. Like, he should know better. The, and, and certainly if you're going to start having interest squad, like maybe you make a rule where – if it's one guy in, in practice against his own guys, you have to handle it, Rams, or fill in the blank. 
if you've got two teams out there in an inter-squad practice, that's, not, that's now a, a league issue. Man. I mean, that is reckless, to say the least. Anybody out there swinging helmets. But as, as Sean McVay said, uh, this is a, uh, he's been a meathead before, too. I don't know. Will the league step in? That's one of the things we'll talk to Mike Florio about when in about s- eight minutes' time. When you say change it, then that's going to open up the NFL to having now to watch every practice. The NFL, has, the NFL has to watch every player every day in the personal conduct policy. Everybody. Every day. The minute you come into the NFL, they overlook what a, or, or have to be responsible in disciplining a player for anything that can happen 24-7, 365, the minute somebody becomes an NFL player for their personal conduct. So why why can't we why can't we so you want the them NFL to be able to every practice that goes I don't think the players know the teams practice. are going to like or, that. or or some I don't know too bad then don't swing helmets at people I get it but you know we always talk about these guys they're savages they're not like you and I and normal people like so I get I, it I, I, and, I, and I understand them lose those, I lose my head around my kids I lose my head in certain yeah. in certain situations too where you just lose your head but I you know when you you lose your temper but you don't physically strike somebody with a helmet I don't do that. And I understand I'm not in a scrum 90 degree, ninety degrees and it's happening and you're trying to protect your teammates. And that's a totally fine there. point, TJ, except the NFL already created a precedent for this type of behavior. Yeah, during a game when he swung a helmet at a, another player who didn't have a helmet on. From what I looked at and I watched as many times, he was swinging it, but he hit guys on helmets. Not condoning it, I but I'm think, saying... I think nothing's going to happen. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't and think anything's going to happen. And I think the league should now understand that there is a loophole that they can't step in when something deserves for the league to step in because they apparently have no purview over practices. But this is not a practice. This is an intra-squad scrimmage that is happening over and over and over again throughout the league because they took a preseason game away. Another thing we're going to talk about with Mike Florio in a moment is Matariza, who we first met Last year, through our Rich Eisen Show um, NIL sponsorship program that we had, where we're giving out $1,000 and uh, free product to kids who don't expect to have a deal based on their name, image, and likeness, based on their play on the field. And Ariza was a tremendous punter at San Diego State, and wound up being the third drafted punter in the NFL draft this year. And I remember sitting on the set, scratching my head saying, why, how is this guy not the first punter off the board? Well, now we may have found out why. Because there's a civil lawsuit that was filed against him and two of his teammates at San Diego State at the time for, I don't think I've ever said these words on the show, gang raping an underage girl. And I saw the civil lawsuit that was filed against Ariza and two others. And to say the, the details are shocking and disgusting is a, uh, an understatement and an affront to the word shocking and disgusting. I said this when I read the multiple, multiple civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson, and I will say this for Matt Ariza as well, that if this is true, 
I, I called uh, Watson's behavior vile. This is beyond vile. This is apparently what appears to be criminal behavior at worst. And um, the authorities in San Diego, apparently the detectives in the case, according to the L.A. Times, just recently handed their evidence to authorities in Southern California to decide whether charges need to be filed against Matt Ariza, who denies this through his lawyer, who said that the individual in the case, um, he inferred it's a money play, which is interesting because usually money plays are not uh, involving third round drafted punters in the NFL. And certainly money plays don't usually occur when um, somebody goes to the police the day after the incident as the civil lawsuit lays out and the Los Angeles Times has reported. So based on everything that I am seeing, the Bills who are playing tonight with Ariza on the team, I, I, I don't know what their recourse is other than to sit him down for sure for the time being while this is playing out. And cutting him sounds like a pretty damn good idea too, but I don't have all the facts in the case right now, but I wanted to just say what I'm thinking and feeling reading this. Outrage isn't um, just as a father and a human on the planet. And then um, gobsmacked and absolutely gutted and then also uh, embarrassed that we had him part of our NIL deal. Need to hear from him, got to hear from him, and I bet we're not going to hear from him. Certainly not from the Bills and certainly not from his attorney, who apparently, um, again, said that this never happened, even though according to all reports and this um, lawsuit, it occurred in his house, the party. And it happened 10 days before he was on this show talking to us and we were giving him a deal. Gross. And I, I, I am um, just beside myself about that. And the Bills said they've done a, they're done doing a thorough investigation. According to Tim Graham, who covers the team in Western New York, he reached out to the young lady's attorney who confirmed the Bills have not reached out to him or her doesn't sound very thorough on its face and the league can't step in here either because this happened before he was a pro that's the rules so anybody out there once again looking to the nfl to administer punishment that local authorities either have yet to or unwilling to or decline to that's not an option either So that's what's happening with the team that I said the other day, I think can go to the Super Bowl this year. And this is what's going to be hanging around the team the entire time. I mean, seriously, if the Bills think they could just wait this out and hope, you know, and hopefully get through it, what's that going to happen? What's that going to look like in media day in Arizona? I mean, really, that's 24 weeks from now. But there is a, you know, innocent 
until proven guilty, even though clearly I have stated the way I feel about what I've read and what I have seen. But for the time being, I mean, I I don't know if there's a team exempt list or anything like that. We'll talk about it with Mike Florio. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. So let's take a break. And when we come back, lots to talk about with Mike, including the Jimmy G scenario. What's going on with him? Because that clock needs to strike midnight in just a few days' time. What's going on in that world and more? Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk when we come back. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. We're here on our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We're here until we move to the Roku channel in September. And we welcome back here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, our friend from Pro Football Talk and PFT Live is what kicks off our uh, former spot, NBC Sports on Peacock, every single day. And we say happy 28th wedding anniversary to a man at Pro Football Talk. Joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, Mike Florio. How you doing, Mike? I'm oh, doing great, Rich. Thank you very much for that. My wife is allowing me to work today, which is not really much of a sacrifice. It's less time she has to deal with me. So uh, it's, it's uh, for her, a very good day. Do you know what, what's the precious metal for 28 uh, years? Do you know that off the top of your head, Mike? Do we know that? What you, give, what you must del- I don't know, zinc. Is it? Zinc. Hold on, Brockman, you've got it. What is uh, it? Orchids. Orchids. Oh, that's easy. Go to the shop. Orchids. Oh, now wow. I got to go find some orchids. Baby. Look at that. Look at that. We got the photograph that you tweeted out. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hair still on point. It's really, Mike. That's impressive. That is impressive. And mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, happy anniversary to you. And uh, as you referred to it, Mrs. PFT, well well done right there. All right. I, I, let, let's start first up with uh, Matt Arizam. Um, and what is going on and what the league must be thinking about it. And they they don't have any jurisdiction to place him under the personal conduct policy um, because this happened before he was a pro. Is that is that the case, Mike? And anything that happens before guys drafted or signs an undrafted free agent contract is off limits. Now, if he would get in any sort of off-field trouble in the future under the personal conduct policy penalties could be expedited or enhanced or both because of the past incident whatever the facts may be it becomes relevant to the examination then but if he never gets in any issues it's never something that factors into what the league could do but realistically you take a step back this isn't Deshaun Watson this isn't a quarterback this is a punter now I don't know what the Bills knew back in April 
There have been reports that they didn't know about this. They became aware of it at some point since then. What would they have done differently if they had known about this? Would they have used a sixth-round pick if they had known about these allegations? What have they learned if, presumably, they've investigated it? And what will they do moving forward? They could cut him if they wanted to. Now, the union could file a grievance, and they may have to pay him his salary. But if you believe, based upon the investigation you perform, and the league has resources, the bills have resources, if they come to the conclusion they think this guy may be responsible for what he did, he's a punter. You find a different punter. And I know punters are people, too. Yeah. But, but that is the most interchangeable position on a football team other than long snapper and holder. And, and do the bills want to carry this cloud into their season? Does the NFL want Matt Ariza punting on NBC in 13 days when the Bills and the Rams play to start the season? I don't think it's something the NFL would want, and I presume that they would put him on paid leave if he fell within that specific portion of the personal conduct policy, but he doesn't because it happened before he got drafted. Is there such a thing for a team paid leave where the team has like their own exempt list in the way that the commissioner would have? That power went away in the 2006 CBA after what the Eagles did to Terrell Owens and before that the Buccaneers did it to Keyshawn Johnson where they basically sent him home with pay but if the guy agrees to it like last year Deshaun Watson happy to get paid to not play for the Texans maybe Jimmy Garoppolo this year happy to get paid to not play for the 49ers if the Bills would go to him and say look here's what we're going to do we're, we're, we're just we're going to deactivate you every week you're still on the 53-man roster you're still part of the team but we're gonna have a different punter and you're just not going to suit up and you're not going to play while this goes forward and if he's okay with it it's not a problem it's only a problem if he says no i insist on my right to be on the roster and I don't agree to go along with this and if that's the case then it gets more complicated but they could they could do it and we've seen it as long as the player's okay with it the team could do it. And then, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, I just learned about this yesterday, as most of us did, right? So uh, from what I have read, it appears that the detectives uh, in this case, um, who, who actually were on a, what's, what I read is a pretext call with the victim, uh, the alleged victim, and the, uh, and, and Ariza, um, before we get to where where the detectives are with this case, and I ask you about that, what what is a pretext call? Because that that is the most damning portion of the civil lawsuit that I read yesterday. Well, that is, and I did not handle criminal defense work when I practiced law, but it appears to be a device that allows detectives to listen in to conversations that potentially would be incriminating, and it sounds like there were some incriminating things said there as it relates to whether or not there were sexual relations between Ariza and the 17-year-old girl. His lawyer did a TV interview last night, and he basically admitted that, that something happened. The position is there was nothing forcible, that he didn't know she was under 18, which introduces a completely different set of problems, because in California, you have to be 18 years of age, and there are some exceptions, and one of them would be that you know, he's young enough that he just really didn't know, and she misrepresented her age, etc. So, there, there are various potential avenues for criminal liability, and it, it sounds like on this call he said some things that, that complicate his situation and uh, things that, that could lead the Bills to become sufficiently concerned that they would, they would take some sort of action about it. And then, uh, according to the L.A. Times, the detectives just recently, 
um, delivered their findings to authorities about whether now placing it in front of people whose decision it is to charge or not. Um, so my question for you is, based on whatever knowledge you may have on, on similar circumstances, um, how long do you think does that take usually? Because uh, I'm wondering if if the, a, a team paid leave that Ariza would accept as opposed to being cut uh, is a, a workable, for the moment, response. Do you well, think? we fall back to the same situation we were in with Deshaun Watson where a grand jury potentially could be presented with the evidence. Would the prosecutor be motivated to get an indictment, understanding that eventually you have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt? How aggressively would the prosecutor push for an indictment? Is there a mechanism for charging without a grand jury? So it all comes down to... Ultimately, does a prosecutor believe that he or she can prove this case beyond a reasonable doubt? Prosecutors don't like to take on cases that they think they may lose, and they have incredible power and discretion. They're the most powerful individuals in any local justice system, more so than the judges, because the judges are limited by what's put on their docket. The prosecutors are the ones who decide what gets put on the docket and what doesn't. So that subjective assessment of the case, the belief in whether or not they can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, that goes a long way toward determining whether or not charges are going to be filed here. And it obviously reaches a very different level if he would be indicted for some sort of felony crime under California law. At that point, he may not want to be on the Buffalo Bills. He may want to focus all of his time and efforts on on preparing his defense, exonerating his name, and then if, he, if he's able to, and then continuing his career at some point in the future. Mike Florio, pro football talk creator and also author of Playmakers, where all books are sold right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What do you make of the Aaron Donald uh, helmet swing and uh, the effects that it may have on, on the league's thinking, the Rams, the Bengals? What do you got for me there, Mike? It's amazing to me that the league has no authority over players who engage in misconduct in joint practice. When you look at the personal conduct policy, why wouldn't they? There's a specific provision in there that prevents violence or threatened violence in any workplace setting. And the way that we understand a personal conduct policy, it applies anywhere you are, on duty, off duty, any day of the year, any portion of the globe. If you do something that falls within any of those categories, you can and will be punished by the NFL. I think they should activate Judge Sue L. Robinson. I think they should propose a punishment. And if the union puffs and puffs, and if the union is able to pull some legal rabbit out of a hat, so be it. At least the NFL took a stand. Because, Rich, you know, one of the first things Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, said is, well, nobody was injured. Well, this time nobody was injured. Can you imagine getting hit by a helmet, swung by someone with the strength and Mm. power of Aaron Donald? Mm -mm. Sooner or later, one of these incidents is going to happen, and someone's going to have a traumatic brain injury, or worse. And what are they going to do then? Say, oh, we didn't think that could ever happen. Well, how many times do you have to see a guy swing a helmet like a weapon before you recognize that one of these days he's going to hit that guy in the wrong spot and there's going to be a serious outcome. And I think it's incumbent on the Rams and the league. You know, the Rams aren't going to do anything about it. The only way the Rams would do anything about it is if the league says to the Rams, and I checked on this last night, the league has the power to impose punishment on the Rams for not controlling their guys. If the league would say to the Rams, here's what we're going to do to you, if you don't suspend Aaron Donald, then maybe the Rams would do it. Maybe there's a way that happens. But I think something needs to happen here. It's, it's, it's a horrifying image. And I know it's Aaron Donald. I know he's one of the most popular players in the league. And I know the idea of him not being available 13 days from now 
for Bills Rams would would you know be disappointing to people. But look at what they did to Miles Garrett, and how can we say that what Aaron Donald did yesterday was any different? Other than we don't have a clear shot of somebody taking a helmet over the top of their head like Mason Rudolph did three years ago. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's uh, let's hit a couple of stories that have been. Uh, out there for months, right? I mean, just uh, sitting there and we've been talking about it and ruminating about it and wondering what the eventual ending will be. And it seems like we're going to get an answer in the next couple of weeks, starting with Lamar Jackson's contract conversation. What's the latest on that with the Ravens and Jets set to play in a couple Sundays? This continues to be a situation where you've got two sides speaking two different languages because there's no agent to service the go-between between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't think they're going to get it done Mm. by week one. Now, after that, who knows? And there's a chance, there's a chance that the Ravens put their best offer on the table and Jackson realizes it's in his best interest to take it and to not continue to roll the dice with his financial best interests and the reality that he could suffer an injury that would make him less financially attractive in the future. It reminds me of what happened with Roquan Smith, the Bears linebacker. He represents himself. Who's there to have that conversation with the player when he's evaluating that last best offer from the team? Because I've heard this from many agents over the years. At some point, they'll say, I think I could get him more. He probably deserves more. But if this were my son, I couldn't tell him in good conscience to not take this. Sometimes you need that voice with experience, wisdom, and just a broader understanding of what potentially happens next if you don't take it. So there's, there's a chance that he has that epiphany and decides to take their best offer. But if he doesn't, all bets are off moving forward, and they may never do a deal. After this season, who knows what's going to happen. But I, I think that right now it would be a surprise if they manage to work it out. So just so I'm aware here uh, – how does it work? So it's possible that Lamar goes from the film room with Greg Roman, his OC, has that conversation, uh, goes to the quarterback room, chit-chats with the quarterbacks, and then Eric DeCosta knocks on the door. The GM says, let's come up to my office, and then the two of them have a contract conversation. That's literally the way it, it's working right now in Baltimore? That's the way it's supposed to work, and because of the stuff that happened a couple of weeks ago, a weeks ago with Roquan Smith where – someone who isn't certified by the union was calling teams to try to generate trade interest, even though the bears had not given permission for it. The league sent out a memo saying, look, when guys represent themselves, you can only negotiate with the player. And what some players are doing, they actually do use someone who isn't NFLPA certified and they've got like a burner email account. And, and that agent air quotes agent pretends to be the player in the negotiations. Now, I'd like to think the Ravens are sufficiently astute that they're not going to do anything that could potentially get them in trouble with the league, but that just makes it more difficult, makes it even harder to try to get to an end result, given that at this point they're, they're, they're focused on week one, but they should be. And at, at some point that's why it needs to end, and they need to stay focused on week one. I remember last year he wasn't interested. This year at least he's engaged, but without an agent. And, and I, I, look, I, I understand the arguments against it, but the argument for it is so clear. You're a football player. You're an expert in football. You're not an expert in negotiating. Hire someone who is, and you get the deal done that you deserve, and you can focus on the thing that you're best at. So.
so you just feel the way things are talking right now, it doesn't get done, or you just feel that's the, you know, it's a twelve oh one league, right? One minute after midnight. Well, so could, that's the, right. could this be just what, the... what, what, what it comes down to is what's their best offer? Some, that's all negotiation is about. You're trying to coax the absolute best offer out of the person you're negotiating with. Once it's on the table, then you can evaluate it. If it's truly the best offer, there's always potential. There's a little bit more and a little bit more. But Raven, let's say the Ravens put their absolute best bottom line offer on the table early next week. they got a week before they're fully focused on the Jets. Here we go. This is it. This is all we're going to do. This is what we're willing to pay you. Take it or leave it. Then the question becomes, is he able to properly come to the conclusion that that, that offer is better for him than taking $23 million this year and rolling the dice next year, either with a franchise tag from the Ravens or another team trying to trade for him, which is possible. Which level of franchise tag is exclusive and non-exclusive and non-exclusive would let the team try to sign him to an offer sheet, and then the Ravens could either match it and say, thank you very much for getting him to agree to a contract. We tried for two years, and we couldn't. Thank you for doing our work for us. And then they've got him under contract. Or they could not match it and take two first-round picks. So this can go a lot of different ways. And the other thing that can happen, too, he can have demands that they won't meet, and then as the season unfolds, they could change their mind and say, hey, we'll give you what you wanted. And if he's still willing to take that, they could get this done during the season. Just because he wants to get it done by week one doesn't mean that the door is forever shut. Well, I got a franchise tag as their backstop, too, you know, for next year. So it's not like this is a do or die, but obviously they'd like to do it for various reasons. Um and uh, and hopefully he gets what he wants. I'm Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen show. The Jimmy G situation. Uh, walk me through the uh, the dates where clocks strike midnight and things have to happen, and what the Niners are thinking. Or Jimmy G, what do you got for me on that one? 4 p.m. Eastern coming up in just four days. That's when the roster cuts to 53. Would they otherwise part ways with a guy that they want on the team? Cut him. He goes through waivers. He gets claimed. He's gone forever. Would they do that? Would they basically carry 52 guys on the roster and keep Jimmy Garoppolo after Tuesday? And I think they will because they're still waiting for lightning to strike in the form of a starting quarterback getting lost for the season with another team, a la Teddy Bridgewater, 2016. So the next key date after August 30 is September 10, 4 p.m. Eastern. If he's on the roster at that moment, his salary locks in under the CBA. As a practical matter, it's guaranteed all year long, $24.2 million. Mm. Now, now, I'm starting to think they're crazy enough to keep him. And, Rich, here's my theory. I've been meaning to write this, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Okay. I think they are seriously considering paying him at that rate every week through the trade deadline while they wait for that call to come and we saw it 11 years ago Carson Palmer who was not going to play for the Bengals again and the Bengals weren't inclined to trade him Jason Campbell breaks a collarbone for the Raiders and the Raiders cough up what it takes to get Carson Palmer two days before the trade deadline so I think they they could be inclined to pay him one week at a time and then if we get past the trade deadline it could be an OG, OBJ situation where they say to Jimmy G, look, we can just keep paying you, but you can't play for anyone else. Or we'll cut you if you agree to take 40%, 50%, 60%, whatever percent of your remaining money. If you cut some of that, that debt that we owe you for your freedom, 
then that's something we would consider, and that's exactly what the Browns did last year with OBJ. And I think that's the end game. They hold, if, they, if they're crazy enough to keep him beyond week one, you keep him through week eight, through the trade deadline, and if you don't get an opportunity to trade him, then you work out a deal where he gives up some of that money on the back end and, and he, he moves on and, and waits for an opportunity to, to try to play for a team at some point this year. But it's so different at quarterback than receiver. Mm-hmm. Because who are you going to play for? You're, you're still waiting for someone to get injured. And are they really going to sign you and plug you in mm. in December or January when they have a backup who knows the offense and knows the personnel? I think that's a stretch. And they still have, if Lance gets hurt, right? Jimmy G would be that, there. That's all the more reason to kind of keep him on ice. You know, that injury that they're waiting for could happen in their own backyard. And wouldn't that be the <laughs> ultimate outcome to this, that Jimmy G ends up playing for the 49ers and they end up getting to the playoffs and Super Bowl. to the brink of the Super Bowl again. <laughs> oh, my God. Mike Florio, thank you for the time and uh, thank Mrs. PFT for, uh, for making you uh, available for us today. I appreciate that. Uh, happy anniversary to you two, crazy lovebirds, and uh, look for my call as always. And if you ever need me for anything, you know uh, I'm there. Thanks for the call. All appreciate right, thanks, it. pal. Have a great weekend. Right back at you at Pro Football Talk, a must-follow. Let's take a break. Lots to unpack right there. By the way, there was <laughs> there was a moment yesterday in practice. I believe it was either yesterday or Wednesday, and we didn't discuss it yesterday. I, th- I think it was yesterday where uh, it was a, an almost get Jimmy G on the phone moment for another team in the NFL for just a split second. Oh. Yeah. We'll hit that. And <laughs> there are people asking for an update on our crazy-ass fantasy league. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial. That's next on the program. Back here on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show Odyssey. And now our terrestrial radio affiliates have just rejoined us here on this Friday program. Callaway's Chrome Soft Golf Balls. We just saw a video with Al Michaels talking about playing golf. Um, And I love playing golf with Al. Uh, I don't know if he plays the Chrome Soft family of golf balls. Well, I mean, I think what's he the needs deal? To. We step, I think he step needs step your to. Game up, I'm going to take care of that. Oh, I'm going to put the Callaway Chrome Soft regular in regular, his hand. Regular, not, I think the, that's, not the X. I, I don't know if he needs the, he the high need spin. It. Yeah, and he, Al's not a spin rate guy. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. You know, he just wants he just wants to hit it, and he wants to hit it and make sure he finds it again. <laughs> that's the key. <laughs> the great Al Michaels. Uh, I use Chrome Soft regular golf balls because of the wider range of golfers. Chrome Soft X and Chrome Soft XLS are for varying degrees of excellence with your, I assume, Callaway golf clubs as well. So you will love these golf balls. They are awesome because they are ensured to be the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible thanks to the precision technology that's designed techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. When you add it all up, it's so simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best, and it's better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Yesterday, I saw this yesterday. I believe it happened yesterday. My apologies if it was the day before. But this is the type of thing that can happen in a practice, and I'm not talking about swinging helmets at each other. I'm talking about hitting your hand on a helmet. Oh, yeah. Which, for a split second... In Brown's practice, Jacoby Brissett hit the helmet of a defender while following through in practice and wound up shaking his hand in pain for a split second. And all I could think, Kevin Stefanski apparently, from what I read, got upset with the defenders being close 
to his quarterback, like, get away. I mean, you only know one speed in practice, right? Well, apparently you need to know more than one speed in practice. Do not get anywhere near Jacoby Brissett. So he follows through. And as much as I've talked about I love Josh Dobbs and think that he would be an incredible story for the Cleveland Browns, as would Jacoby Brissett, by the way, if he goes uh, and wins, let's just say, seven of the 11. Could you imagine he hands a 7-14 and back to Deshaun Watson after the bye? Okay, I would be surprised, but in well, I mean, Brissett succeeding would be a great story, and Josh Dobbs. I mean, my gosh, he's just such a great human on the planet. Although I just don't think Stefanski wants to throw him out there in Week One. That would have been the "Where's Jimmy G?" phone call, which is what the Niners are thinking right now. Hold on to him, and Jed York, friend of the program, has said we'll hold on to him, and so did John Lynch. Well, hold on to him. No, him knowing, as he said last night on the Amazon broadcast, knowing he knows it's Lance's team. And he's, he will be there. He's a good enough guy. And we, we, we owe him. How crazy would that be if Garoppolo starts with the team week one? And I guess what? Would he, 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 he can't be a healthy scratch. He's got to be dressed. If he's healthy and he's on the team, He's got to be dressed if Lance follows through and hits his hand on somebody's helmet. Has to be. He has to be their backup. He has to be their backup. If he's on the roster. If he is on the roster, he be. must be their backup. And if he struggles, the number of times that you'll hear that Kyle Shanahan will hear, hey, you're going to go with him or not? Cool. Which, which, is is why, why, which is why you can't keep him. This is why you can't keep him. <laughs> right. Well, you can because if you're Kyle Shanahan, you could basically yeah, tell right. the, 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 the gathered masses – I'm Kyle Shanahan. I've, this is the way it is. You don't want those questions, though. You don't want them. You don't want them. Certainly, if he has a game similar to, say, last night, he's doing well against the Blitz. Maybe you don't Blitz him. Definitely don't Blitz him. He can take off and run. He's got man, that the weapons unique skill are all set, man. there, baby. They are all sitting there. Let me check the old, you know who looked good last night? You know who looked good last night? Jacob DeGrom? Did, yeah, no, another pitcher. Oh, oh, Davis Mills, touchdown pass. Davis Mills. I don't know, man. Look out for him. Texans are the favorite to have the worst record in the league. I would, I would definitely. <laughs> Just funny to hear you say that. that. The favorite to have the worst record. They are <laughs> you serious? They are. Yeah. I, I think, think you are incorrect like, about uh, that. Plus three fifty. Incorrect. No, People I think I think it's going to be Seattle. I know but. you think that. I would I would I would counsel against that. Texans being better than you think too. Davis Mills and the Texans have the neck up on a lot of teams. Hey now, <laughs> Jesus. what? Leg up. I mean, le- I mean like, come on, come on, Rich. <laughs> I meant leg. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's what you meant. Reach Eisen. Reach Eisen. <laughs> I was accused of being Reach Eisen when I chose Cooper Cup second overall in this fantasy league yep. that's that we not were invited we... to. I went, no, hold on a second. Let me let me unpack this. Yeah, okay? that, we were invited. For those who may not know, we got invited by the actor Joe Latrulio to join a fantasy league. Or I got this invitation. You got it. 12 right. teams, and you all you have to do is draft. You draft 20 players for nine spots, and every team is, uh, every player is available for that week and active 
And then the computer at the end of the day chooses the best nine scores based on one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end to flex, and a defense, no kickers. Right. And if anybody anybody is hurt or anybody is uh, cut by a team, too bad. (laughs) There are no trades, no waiver wire pickups done. The team that you draft is the team that you have. 20 players, nine spots. That's it. You got to have some depth. And the draft... Everybody drafts in a snake draft. It starts once all 12 spots are filled. And it's a (laughs) two-hour period to draft somebody. So if you go to sleep, you know, you have to set your your roster. You have to set your queue so you don't get auto-picked after a two-hour period to get somebody that you don't really want. But we learned that I, gets shut off overnight. We found that out over. Well, yeah. I mean, so I'm just, reason. I'm still setting it up. Yeah. I asked you guys, you want to be the 12th oh, sure. team. Yeah, we're you in. beat Bobby Cannavale to the punch. And then we found out who's in it. It's Latrulio, it's Paul Rudd, it's John Hamm, and then a whole bunch of Brooklyn Nine-Nine guys. Yeah. And then a whole bunch of other guys we don't know from their regular fantasy league that they have together. Right. You got the first overall pick. And we somehow mm-hmm. got the first pick. And then I got the second and overall pick. you got the pick. second yeah. pick. You chose Jonathan Taylor. I chose Cooper Cup, and somebody accused me of being reach eyes and forgetting Cooper Cup. I'm like, it's a PPR league. He's the best. So then, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Four hours later, (laughs) we were back on the clock. Right. Me before you. Correct. Okay. And so I chose uh, Aaron Jones as my guy. Yep. Then you wound up choosing who are your next guys? You chose Uh, Keenan Allen and 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 Leonard Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And then I had my next pick, and I thought to myself, hmm, what am I going to do here? Because I've got uh, a tight end spot I could fill or another receiver or another running back. Correct. And what I wound up doing is I said, screw it. I'm going to get the guy who's going to probably have the most fantasy points in the league, and I'm going to get somebody I'm going to love watching and who, knock on wood, uh, answers the bell. I chose Josh Allen. Oof. And you called me Reach Eyes, and the two of you guys got right in there. That was free. We, no one said Reach about Cooper Cup. At least we no, didn't. No, no, you didn't. But no, you we, guys we did. We were reaching on Reach Allen on Josh Yeah, Allen. that's where the yeah. Reach, not Reach. Cooper no, Cup. No, no, no. Now there's been a run. Now there's been a run in uh, Run on, on quarterbacks. Like, everyone's gone now. Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow. And so TJ and I, were on You're the on clock. the clock now. We're on the clock right now. Who are you going to choose? We have two picks. What do you got? We don't know, Rich. I don't know, to be honest. Like... You taking Kittle, that's fine. I that's, just did. You have another guy who gets hurt a lot. It's okay. Please. Alan, Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup, George Kittle. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. How you doing? Love it. Well, we have, I love these have, people, too. I love rooting for them. We have two top ten running. Yes. I, I got good that. people who now, I like to root is, for. The thing is, TJ, do we, do we go Lamar here? How do you not? You got to get him. 